The question is this, what is it that has some of us find our way to the top of our game, to overcome adversity and challenges, resistance and self-sabotage, to rise from the ashes time and time again? What is it that has everyday people just like you and I act boldly in the name of their passions and live out their wildest dreams in this lifetime? That is the question. And this podcast has the answers. My name is Carrie McCauley, and this is Choose Unstoppable. Hello, and welcome to Choose Unstoppable. My name is Carrie McCauley, and today we're here with Lisa Mitchell. So Lisa is someone who I'm just getting to know, so I'm as excited as you are going to be to learn about all the things that she has to share. Let me give you a little bit of her background before we dive in. She's a visionary founder, intuitive guide, and coach. Already, I feel like we're going to be best friends at some point. Uh, And she spent the last 15 years transforming the lives and businesses of many of the world's leading founders and entrepreneurs. Jamie Oliver and Netta Porter, excuse me, were the two that jumped out for me. I was like, oh, there's my girl, Jamie Oliver and Netta Porter. Those are like two of my uh, favorite addictions uh, that jumped off of the list, but there's many, many more. She's here to share her journey as well as how to create an extraordinary life and business. Lisa, hello and welcome. Thanks for being here. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. Oh, so good. Okay. Well, I'm excited to learn about your story. We were just having a quick chat before we hit the record button uh, about the, you know, bumps and bruises (laughs) that we often get. And even just the, like the magical twists and turns to how we end up doing what we're doing. So if you wouldn't mind kind of just walking us back into the past for a little bit to like how did you even get to here how was this life path the one that you kind of found or found you yeah well yeah and you know I was thinking about this earlier and thinking I I really kind of split my life into two sections of kind of like pre-awakening and awakening (laughs) and I'm still awakening don't get me wrong it's not like I'm at the end of that journey but it's interesting that for me and for a lot of my clients I think we had the same experience of kind of being in families where we were the different ones, you know, but sort of looking around you and thinking, mm, everyone seems to be happy with this life that's being lived, and yet it doesn't make any sense to me. And I and I really remember that feeling from being very young, about like six or seven, of looking around me, and I grew up with all these messages in my northern England of kind of, you know, you must work hard and nothing comes for nothing, and mm-hmm. you know, it, it's it's just about like knuckling down and getting on with it. And I can remember from being small thinking, I don't like, like, it makes no sense to me. Like, why wouldn't it be fun? And why wouldn't it be, you know, happy? And why wouldn't you do the thing you like to do? You know, so I had this feeling of disconnect from being a very young child for quite a lot of my life, really, up to, I would say, my mid-30s. So having that experience, I was kind of like, well, I just have to do what everybody does, right? There were no entrepreneurs in my family. I don't know where I got my entrepreneurial streak from. It was gifted to me from somewhere, I think. So I kind of did all the right things, as many of us do. I, you know, I went to university and I, well, studied hard at school, went to university, had a nice boyfriend, moved to London, had the flat, had the kind of like high-performing career, all of that, and was totally lost and miserable. I mean, really, just like, And I was that original kind of work hard, play hard kind of party girl, you know? So, but completely disconnected from everything, had no idea what I was doing. And I kind of hit my mid thirties and I came out of a very long-term relationship. 
And I just had that moment of kind of like, okay, so I don't love what I do. I was working marketing at the time. It's like, I don't love what I do. I don't really want to live in London. I'm not in a relationship. Something's going to have to give here, right? There's going to be have to be some big changes. And I was lucky enough that they sent me on a senior leadership development program and coaching was part of that development program. So I suddenly got introduced to this world of coaching. And I can remember even now being in that room. And so hilariously, we did this kind of profiling thing and I was different from anybody else in the room. They kept saying, all the people who are like this stand on that side and there would be me. Right? <laughs> and everyone else standing over there. And it got to the point, it got so hilarious that one of the trainers would stand with me so I wasn't on my own. <laughs> you know, and I was thinking, okay, I don't think I'm doing the right thing here. This is crazy. And then I was searching around. So I trained in Reiki and I trained in massage. I did all these things, just looking around for stuff. And then I happened to meet my first ever coach mm -hmm. um, through a women's football team of all the most random things that you can do. And she's still a friend of mine now. And it was my first experience of meeting someone who was living her life on her terms mm -hmm. and who was passionate about what she did and was having impact with what she did. And I was feeling a huge impact for me personally in that coaching journey. And so I ended up retraining as a coach. And I thought, that's what I want to do. I had that light bulb moment, never known what I wanted to do in my life. And when I discovered coaching, I was like, oh my God, if I could earn a living doing that, that would be extraordinary to me. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I've got on the journey, you know? So good. I, I can like so relate. And I bet so many people listening can just to that moment of like, oh my gosh, there's someone who's doing things differently than I thought we had to. Like, it's always felt a bit off. It's always felt a bit wrong, but there was no great strong examples other than like the celebrity fantastical world. Yeah. And then you meet your first person or you hear about them or you listen to a podcast or you watch a book. It's a big part of why I started this show is to be like, no, there's lots of us Absolutely. and we felt the same way and we do the same things. But I remember that first moment to be like, she's just doing but she's just doing what she likes to do like the audacity of someone just to be I know. Like, oh, what if I just did something that I enjoyed and brought me fulfillment and that I loved yeah. and so good for you what was your environment like at that point was it a supportive environment did you feel like you were crazy did you just feel called and like floating uh, into this coaching was, world I think because I was searching I also ended up with a bunch of friends who ran their own businesses so again, I'm a big believer in, in energetics and what you feel on the inside, you create on the outside and manifestation, all of those things. And so I started to get to know other people that were running their own businesses, um, just through friends of friends and just how things evolved. And again, that was like a big thing for me. I'd never, ever thought about running my own business, mm. ever. It never even occurred to me. I've now been running my own business for like 15 years. Yeah. It wasn't even on my radar that I would do that. And I think it was only that I discovered coaching and I could see that you could make a living at it, that that avenue was even open to me. I don't think I would have done it otherwise, actually. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was those pieces coming together. And I think there were some pivotal moments when you create change, but I also think it's a series of little things mm. like that reinforce the decision. So, but it was interesting. I mean, I remember when I first told my parents I was leaving my corporate job um, and I was going to become a life coach 
which was like, and, and this is, we're going back 15 years. It wasn't a regular thing to do. You may as well have said you're becoming the tooth fairy at that oh, point. Yeah. Like, I think I'm going to be a tooth fairy. What do you guys think? <laughs> and I remember talking to my dad on the phone, actually. He was very traditional. And there was this long pause on the phone. <laughs> and I actually said to him, it's okay if you're worried about me, dad. Mm. Like, if I was my dad, I'd probably worry too but I do kind of know what I'm doing. So I'll be okay, mm. <laughs> kind of like that. So I don't think anyone was openly, well, the only thing that happened actually when I was leaving my corporate job was people, lots of people would say to me, wow, you're so brave. Mm. What a brave decision. And it started making me really nervous because in my head, it kind of made sense. <laughs> yeah. And I was thinking, oh, I wasn't trying to be brave. Yeah. I was just trying to like live yeah. my life and live in an aligned way. But to other people who were in that corporate world, it was like this crazy decision, mm -hmm. you know, people didn't get it. Yeah. And I think brave and crazy are like two sides of the same coin. And for somebody to witness you making this radical decision, it's a reflection back that, you know, I'm sure you weren't the only person in all of that corporate world, even though you were the only one on the side of that room, there are many of us peppered around that are like, is this it? Like, is this yes, all there is? And as soon as you witness someone kind of break free, you're like, oh, wait, like that, like, but the, the courage that it does take, I mean, where did you kind of muster the confidence to say, yes, I have the longing, I have the desire, but I have right now really no idea how I'm going to pull yeah. this off, no idea if it's going to work out. So where did you pull the confidence and the courage for anyone listening who's like right on the edge of change to yeah. actually make the leap? Well, I, I think they say you move from pain or gain, right? And I think at the time it was probably pain rather than gain, if mm. I'm honest. Um, and I'm more of a vision positive kind of person. I move more towards vision nowadays. But I think at the time, my life just got untenable for me. I was really miserable. Mm. And I kind of just knew I couldn't continue. And then in the way that the kind of universe works in our favor, I got offered redundancy from my job. Mm. So they were restructuring and there was an opportunity to take a sum of money and leave. And I kind of thought, okay, this is my sign. Like, if I don't do it now, I'm probably never going to do it. And I don't want to be here. I knew I couldn't stay. So there was a kind of like, you know, I think I moved from that perspective. Yeah. And it's interesting. Now I've been in this world a long time. Now I make big decisions all the time that people look at and go, my God, she's going again, you know. But I think that first one probably came from pain of like, yeah. actually, I can't do it anymore. Yeah, well, they say if you, you know, you sit on a rusty nail for long enough, like you'll get up. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think it was getting more and more like things were happening and I was getting more and more unhappy and it was getting harder and harder to wear the corporate face. Mm, you know? Yeah, the corporate face. So I know it so well. Uh, okay, so big, bold changes. How did yeah. it look in the beginning? Did clients fall from the sky and start banging <laughs> on your door? How was your version? So I, I. It's funny when I, people sometimes say to me, oh, tell me about coach, setting up a coaching business and we'll learn from your experience. And I always say, yeah, don't really do it the way <laughs> I did it because I was so burnt out. Uh, I couldn't even create a strategy. I had no idea where the business was going to come from. I just literally took the money, sold my house in London, moved to the coast in Brighton where I knew one person. 
Um, and I, and actually I ended up with chronic fatigue for a year. Mm. Um, and what I realized what happened was I'd been living on my adrenaline for so long and caffeine and alcohol and all of those things that my, once I took the adrenaline out, I literally just collapsed. Yeah. And so I went to my GP and they said, oh, you know, they kept telling me there was nothing wrong with me. And I was like, uh, I can barely get out of bed. Yeah. Like, this is not me. I'm a high energy person. Um, and I happened to meet, well, I didn't happen to meet, I found a naturopath. Um, and so she did a lot of work with me on a, a physical level, but also on a healing level. Mm. And, and I cleared out so much stuff in the course of that year. So I didn't really work for about a year because I just, I knew that I had to go through that experience mm -hmm. and get my body strong again. Otherwise I was gonna end up being ill for a long time. Yeah. And actually I have no, I've never had any symptoms after that year. Mm. Um, I went on such a big journey with it that I just cleared it all out. So great. Uh, and then once I'd done that, I got introduced to a coaching, another coaching business, a sort of a bigger consultancy, and they took me on as an associate. And that was my kind of training for the next sort of couple of years. Um, and then after, I got to a point with that where I was like, yeah, it's good. It's not quite what I want to do. I feel like there's more to do. Yeah. And then I set my own business from there. Something so magical about that part of your story, like as you were talking, I just got the vision of like the analogy of, you know, we need to put the oxygen mask on ourselves before we can help and serve anyone else. And so for you to kind of crash in that way and rebuild and reconstruct and rewire and dump out is just like the most beautiful vision. And if it takes a month, amazing. If it takes six months, amazing. If it takes a year, so be it. So that you can start to walk as you're, as you know yourself to be, as you want yourself to be. But that's one of the most important pieces, especially if you're going to be serving others in a way like you do, is Absolutely. like to make sure you, the oxygen mask is on and you're you're good to help and serve. So kudos yeah. to you because I mean, obviously financially you must have had a little bit of a nest egg with that <laughs> redundancy package to allow you to do that. Yeah. Um, and you know, for some of us that may be something we need to figure out in a different way. We may have to carve out like mornings and evenings and just kind of chunk away at it. But no matter what, that work's got to get done. It has to be done. Exactly. And I think I found that very much through the years. I've realized now, sort of 15 years on, that, you know, it's through, the, I, I know that I live my life in a way where I try and be an example of what can be created. So my work is my story, which is why I was interested coming on here. And, you know, in the last 10 years, I've, um, you know, I've, I've met my husband, I've got married, I've got divorced, I've had a miscarriage, I've had a baby, both my parents have passed away, I have, and I've just literally come out of a divorce in the last sort of six months, it's been finalised. And so that's a lot in the last kind of yeah. 10 years, right? And people often say to me, like, how, how, like, how are you this positive? How have you, how, and I've kept my business going in the whole of that time. You know, and I've got a nine-year-old daughter that I'm basically single parenting. And so people sometimes look at my life and go, my God, how on earth do you even like keep the show on the road? Yeah. But I think I learned a lot from that first experience. And I really believe that A, everything happens for a reason. And honestly, out of those challenges and adversities has come some of my biggest transformations personally. And so when I went was going through my divorce, I said to my friends, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go into all of it because I wanna come out the other end clean. I don't wanna come out bitter or resentful or 
end up in therapy in three years time, right? I want to heal it and I want to clean it up and I want to just go into whatever needs to be gone into. So I do think those big experiences are so transformational if we allow ourselves to feel the emotion and not be afraid of it. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And I mean, I think all of us have, even if we look back in our lives, many examples where something seemingly negative, seemingly tragic, seemingly dark window filled that has been like, oh, but if that didn't happen, this wouldn't happen. Like the one that comes to mind is your redundancy. Like in that moment, many people can be like, oh my God, this is the worst thing that could ever happen. But it was actually the nudge required to say, hey, now's your time. Like get out of here. This isn't for you. And, um, you know, divorce, you know, tragic loss, even just depression and anxiety. These are all seemingly darker windows or negative things that are happening, but they're actually the nudge that we can you know use not that I wish any of these hardships on anyone but we are not there isn't any of us that get this ride without them and so we have to use them in that way yeah and I and I think I hope that I've kind of evolved enough now to mean I can do it in an easier way yeah yeah goes on if you see what I mean so I don't think we have to suffer to evolve yeah but I think if you don't listen yeah make certain choices then the universe kind of gives you the opportunities to heal and yeah that's certainly been my experience and my part of my journey yeah okay awesome I'm so adore you I'm going to be your number one fan after this <laughs> if, if not already just got a little a little more of the test to pass no I'm just kidding um so now tell me about your business we're 15 years in you're like you've done the work you've clearly walked the walk you've you know cleansed and healed done all of the training what does business look like for you now so I so I again you know I I see us as a kind of continually evolving journey right so it and it's one of the things I've tried to really promote in my work is it's not about oh there's a big change and then here I am and you know it's kind of like, you know, we're, we're continually evolving. And when we allow ourselves to continually evolve, that's when life gets exciting, I think. Because mm. I say to people, I'm more excited about my business now, 15 years in, than I was when I started it, which is the most awesome thing. And I feel that from you too, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I have that excitement about it. So now I'm really focusing the business around visionary founders. I've always worked with founders. Jamie Oliver's company was my first ever client when I left Sainsbury's I actually managed the advertising contract with him with Sainsbury's a supermarket chain here so I had a relationship with their business and then when I set up as a coach um, they wanted me to come in and coach in there so I was kind of thrown into this world again of experiencing big entrepreneurs and founders and someone who was on a mission in the world Mm. you know I've worked with Nessa Porter as you say and Natalie Massonet there who's just again a total Mm -hmm. visionary and so I, I can see like the amazingness of those people and I can see the traps that they fall into right and and what happens as those businesses grow and so now I've kind of I've I've resisted niching for so long and but last year I was like Lisa who do you really love to work with what lights up your soul and it's working with these founders it's working with these people that really want to create change in the world and also, I have to say, claiming my space as a visionary founder yeah. has been part of that journey. So again, it's a inner outer kind of like dance, right? With your, as an entrepreneur yeah. between those two pieces. So yeah, I've launched my own podcast, as you know, the Visionary Founders Podcast. And I really want to work with those people because I think those people create change in the world. Oh, so, so beautiful. 
If I could ask, you said that you're working with these visionary founders and, you know, there's a few common pitfalls and mistakes that they make. What would you say are one or two of the most common ones that we come up against? Um, that they, that the business is their baby mm. <laughs> and they pour, and you know, I, I've gone through this myself in my business, right? You're nodding too. Yeah. It, it's, it's kind of like they end up being too holding it too closely yeah. because it's their baby and they get into a space of believing that they're the only one that can do the thing. Right. So I've worked in massive organizations where the founders still signing off marketing copy. And I'm like, <laughs> really? I don't think that's sustainable. <laughs> so I think that's one is they have to learn how to be with the business in a different way and actually have themselves as one entity and the business as another entity that they put their energy into. Yeah. Too often it's too enmeshed. And then the, I think the other biggest challenge for founder and entrepreneurial businesses is how do you scale and become more operational and still keep the magic? Mm. Because it's such a delicate balance, that one of yeah. like, you know, and so many founders I know I've seen around have kind of like bought in this kind of operational person and then they, it just becomes like any other corporation. Yeah. And the people in there are like, what happened? Where did this business go? Yeah, that like, where did the heart go? Heart go. Yeah. So that's one of the things I'm really passionate about doing is helping these businesses scale whilst keeping the magic. And yeah. what I call co-visionary. So how do you create a situation where you as the founder are holding the bigger vision, but you're also connecting to each employee about their vision? And mm. how do you bring that magic together? So that's what I'm currently playing with and working with. I love it all. I'm so inspired and so impressed. And so what do you do to find these visionary founders? I mean, here we are on a great podcast. So that's obviously one avenue. But what stands out as a visionary founder to you? And who are the kind of clients that you're looking for? So I, I personally am working with big visionary founders you know the people that are already running big enterprises and the people that keep me on my toes yeah, honestly yeah. and you know we kind of have that what what a coach of mine calls pitch and catch you know it's kind of yeah. like an inspiring relationship on both sides um but I also think we all have that visionary in us right we all have our own personal vision it's just that we don't necessarily know it like I was at the beginning of my journey and so that's why I created the podcast and I am going to create some stuff for you know I would say normal people, you know what I mean, people at the start of that journey. Everyday people, that's what I like to call them. <laughs> who, who want to live in, from a place of vision. And, and you know, I think, I think the thing that my journey has taught me, actually, and I've really resonated with you, is that sense that you can be unstoppable. Yeah. You know, and I honestly believe coming out of everything I've been through, and particularly going through my divorce the last couple mm. of years, is I, I've got that inner strength now. I know that I'm unstoppable. Yeah. I know I am. And I don't say that from a place of ego. It's just that I found that inner strength. So I want to spread that message as more mm. wide as possible. Yeah. Have that inner certainty. Don't rely on external circumstances. You know, become the creator of your reality. Yeah. And the minute you can believe, oh my gosh, it's me. Like I can choose that, that it's not like, was I stamped with the gene of to be, to be able to be unstoppable, or I was missing the gene of unstoppability, if that's a word, I'm sure it's not. Um, 
but I can actually just choose in this moment to never give up, to pursue what fills my heart, to serve people in a way that maybe no one is doing right now and might seem crazy to stand in front of people who are like, this isn't how it's done. And people who aren't believing in you and are trying to pull the world back the way it was, it takes visionary founders to push against it so that we can make a crack and create something new. And so I love that you have chosen your path to champion them, to become one, to turn into one, to walk the path and find your own access to be one, and then to be the biggest cheerleader and, you know, person, you know, screaming and clapping from the benches to say, no, it's okay, we're here. It takes us fighting against the way things are to be able to break through. Uh, because it's hard to do it on your own. It is, it's and, and so I, have, I have, I know I had that feeling of being like the weird one, you know, and having to work through that. And, you know, so many people I know have that feeling. And so that's why I think these things are really important. So people can listen and go, oh my gosh, it's like, oh, there are people like me. And I mean, the other thing I should say, having worked with some of these amazing visionaries is, is they're just human beings. And they have their doubts and their insecurities and they get trapped in stuff and they can't see the wall for the trees. And so again, coming back to your point at the beginning, it's like, it's not that life is easy for them. It's that they have the vision so strong. They know what they're here to do. And so when challenges come up, they can push past that because they just know they're here for something. Yeah. I think we're all here for something. So that's, that's what I want to kind of generate. Oh, so good. I could talk to you for days. I'm sure we're going to become best friends. I'm declaring it here. You heard it here first. So how do we stalk you? How do we learn about your work? How do we work with you? What do we do to find out more about you? Yeah. So check out the Visionary Founders podcast with Lisa Mitchell. Um, that's really the place where I'm, you know, putting the message out there, sharing all my experience of the last 15 years um, I'm on all the social media too, but I think the best way to get to know me is to check out the podcast and, you know, and, and just learn from these guys that are living their truth, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, so great. I mean, we have a bizarre amount in common. I obviously didn't get to share so much about myself here, but a lot of my listeners know my story and uh, we have a, we have a lot, a lot in common. I actually grew up in the UK. I moved to Canada when I was 12. So um, I feel like we would have had similar paths had I not, because I managed to find a very similar path to you here. Um, so it's been a great chat. It's, there's so much wisdom in here. I'm so grateful to meet someone else who has walked over the coals and now is turning around, reaching out their hand and saying, it's okay. It's going to burn a little, it's going to sting a little, but it's going to be okay. We're here on the other side and, um, and you're going to be okay you know, it better than, okay, you're going to be great. You're going to change the world because that's really all we need to know is that it's okay to get yourself up and to dust yourself off. You're going to be okay. Just don't stop. Yes. And the more of us that are out there cheering and like egging people to come, to come, to come, the better the world's going to be. And I think there's a lot of fear and negativity around at the minute. Mm. And so that was also why I launched what I did um, earlier in the year because I just felt like it was even more important yeah. to have these positive messages going out in the world. Yeah. And I do believe we're at a tipping point. I think there's going to be a quite a division between the people who believe in the fear and the people that, that yeah. use it as an opportunity to say, no, actually, 
I've reassessed and I'm going to do something that's meaningful for me. So I'm experiencing more and more of that in my world of people who are kind of reassessing and going, no, I want my life to mean something. Yeah. I want to be with my kids. Yeah. I want to create something brilliant. So I think, I think that's why these things are so important right now. I couldn't agree more. I started this podcast March the 2nd, 2020, having no idea that COVID even existed at that point. And yeah. then a week later, the entire world shut down and what a gift to have immersed myself somehow you know unknowingly inside these conversations and that you know we still can create we still can move forward we still can find positive windows inside of this in fact just like you said people are reassessing their lives to be like well that old way isn't even available to me in the way that it used to be so maybe now is my sign like yours was redundancy sometimes it's a health scare sometimes it's something like maybe for some of you listening COVID has been your wake-up call to say now is the time because if not now when if I if I seep back in from here I may never exactly um okay so we're still talking I said we're done I can't stop I can't stop no, you hang up. No, you hang up. Okay. So thank you so much, Lisa, for everyone listening. Thanks as always for tuning in. I'm so grateful for each and every one of you. Uh, we'll be back next week as always. And until then, my friends, choose unstoppable. Thank you so much for listening today. It would mean the world to me if you enjoyed the content to please leave a review and a rating and subscribe to the show. It'll help others find us so that we can spread this important message. We'll see you in the next episode. Until then, choose Unstoppable.